Have y'all ever heard the phrase, I imagine that you have, too heavenly minded to do any earthly good? The phrase is about the wrong focus. Putting on her lipstick during some kind of a protest or a riot, maybe that'd be the wrong focus. Holding the cat instead of the baby, I don't know. I'm not sure why the fireman is uh, washing down his truck, but there's a fire right behind him. Wrong priority, wrong focus. When um, Denise and I were uh, flying to California last Sunday to see Devin's uh, graduation and visit again with Devin and Kylie, we uh, were getting off the plane in Dallas and, uh, you know, the lineup in the aisle, everybody's ready to get off. And there was a man right in front of me in my seat in the aisle, and he had a Star Wars belt on. So Denise took a picture of the guy's backside and uh, sent it to Devin, because uh, Devin's a big Star Wars fan. Well, we got to uh, uh, DFW, and we had some time to kill, so we went to uh, TGI Fridays. And I was sitting against the wall, and uh, behind me were all kinds of pictures of celebrities and different things. And Denise said, look at that picture. And I turned around and I said, oh, Farrah Fawcett. And there was Farrah Fawcett with the other two Charlie's Angels, another throwback to the old days. And she said, no, not Farrah Fawcett, C-3PO. <laughs> I said, well, I have, if I have a choice between C-3PO and Farrah Fawcett, I'm always going to go with Farrah Fawcett. And uh, wrong focus, <laughs> Denise said, wrong priority. So in our series, uh, Why Do Christians Were Christian, we're exploring focus today, priorities. I think if we were Christian as Christians, maybe we'd be more concerned with life now than life later. My religious life growing up was focused on Heaven After We Died. We used to sing this hymn all the time. I mean, it was a very, not every Sunday, but at least a couple, couple Sundays out of the month. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions, bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. Does anybody with the Baptist tradition know the chorus of that? That's it. You're so good. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus will sing and shout the victory. Oh, my gosh. And then there are other songs that we'd sing. When the roll is called up yonder, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. This world is not my home. The truth is, there is a lot of comfort in these songs. And they do something to your spirit. They, they give you a boost. This last one, uh, This World is Not My Home, by Jim Reeves is sung at a lot of funerals that I uh, preach at, and uh, mostly funerals of some good old boys. And the song really does move me. It's a beautiful song. But the truth is, while there is a lot of comfort in those songs, I just wonder. I wonder if the emphasis that we place on heaven is not the emphasis that Jesus places on heaven. Now, Jesus does talk a lot about heaven, but not like we talk about heaven, and not in the same way 
that we talk about heaven. We, especially in my younger days and even in my middle-aged days, we would talk about heaven as the ultimate goal. It's all about going to heaven when you die. I mean, isn't that the reason we get saved? To escape hell and enter into heaven. In fact, in so many churches, the main focus of the sermons and the main focus of ministry is to get to go to heaven. Uh, there was a, a mant- mantra that we would say uh, back in the day that my goal is to get to heaven and take as many people with me as possible. And a lot of churches just really do emphasize going to heaven. Will anyone be in heaven because of you? Heaven has strict immigration laws. Hell has open borders. Dude, just crawls all over me. And I love this, though. Heaven's God's promise for me, but is that the only promise that God has for us? The intention of that book is very pure, and I don't fault the author, who is the daughter of Billy Graham, but I just want us to maybe think about that maybe our emphasis on heaven is not the same emphasis that Jesus gave to heaven. He did talk about heaven, but not like we do. The very beginning of Matthew, and Mark repeats this, and I'll read that in a moment. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, from that time, Jesus began to preach this message. Repent, or change your mind. Think differently. I, I, I wish we wouldn't use that word repent anymore, because we just think of some guy on the street holding a sign saying, repent, the end is near. But it's just about changing your mind. That's really what the Greek word is. For the kingdom of heaven is near. And that is a metaphor. It's kind of a, a way of saying it's at hand. That's why King James translated it. But it's present with us right now. This is Mark's version of the very same statement that Jesus made. And it's different. Are you okay with one gospel writer quoting Jesus differently than another gospel writer? Not too accurate. Is one wrong and the other one right? They're different. Well, not necessarily at all. There's, there's truth and there's, there's stuff, something to be learned from both of these. Jesus said the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is near. Matthew used the kingdom of heaven. I wonder what, what one Jesus actually used. And then Mark says, Jesus says, repent and believe the gospel. Matthew doesn't add that. Believe the gospel. Huh. The gospel. Maybe the gospel, which is a translation of a Greek word that means literally good news, to announce good news, uh, maybe the gospel, the good news is not that you're going to go to heaven when you die. Now, that's pretty good news. But maybe that's not what Jesus meant by good news. Maybe Jesus meant by good news that the kingdom of heaven is here now. The gospel is connected with the presence of the kingdom of heaven. The good news is that the kingdom of heaven is not in the future, but it's in the present. And when the kingdom of heaven is present, there is, with that, liberation. Liberation of everyone who is oppressed. 
So whenever Jesus talks about heaven, he doesn't say, you're going to get there someday. No, when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, he says it's here right now. In fact, in Luke chapter 17, he says it's in you right now. It's all around you. It's in you. So the gospel stories, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all the stories that tell the life of Jesus, they are in the first four books of the Christian scripture. All these gospel stories, they don't show Jesus going around trying to convince people to say the sinner's prayer. None of them do that. You won't find Jesus ever trying to get people to say a sinner's prayer with the assurance of going to heaven when they die. What you will get is Jesus talking about the kingdom of heaven in very concrete, material, physical terms of liberation for people who are oppressed. The picture that we get of heaven is Kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, when we think of heaven, we think of, oh, mansions and golden streets. And those are really good metaphors for some people. Some people connect to those. I don't connect to those at all. If I've got a big mansion, I just have to clean it. <laughs> uh, the mountains of Colorado, that would be heaven. Yeah. If I could have a lift... It takes me to the top. I don't know if I can walk them anymore. But that's not what Jesus, I don't think, talks about when he talks about heaven. When he talks about the kingdom of heaven, it's a very key word. When we think of kingdom, we think of a place. Uh, the kingdom of such and such a place. But really, the Greek word for kingdom means authority. And in fact, although while the the uh, New Testament was written in Greek. Jesus didn't speak Greek. Jesus spoke Aramaic. And that's hard because the guys who wrote the Gospels heard Jesus speak in Aramaic. They translated Aramaic to Greek. And now then English folks translate the Greek into English. And so you know how things kind of get lost in translation. It's always hard to pin down exactly what was said. But the Aramaic word for kingdom is Malka. And what it literally means is the activity of the king. So when Jesus says the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven has come near, he's not saying that there's a place. When he talks about the kingdom of heaven, he's not talking about going to a place. He's talking about, I believe, and it could be wrong, but I believe that when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, it's not a place. It is the activity of the king. So what's the activity of the king? Heaven is not about going someplace. About waiting to get there someday. Now, I think that's true. But it's not what Jesus is talking about. I think when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, he's talking about living according to the values and the ethics and the priorities of heaven, of God. Let me just give you a hint as to what that might be. James says, if you all fulfill the royal law, 
as expressed in this scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. That kind of sums up all of the ethics, the laws, the priorities of the kingdom of heaven. So to say the kingdom of heaven is here is to say, okay, I'm going to live by the rules of the kingdom of heaven, and that rule is the law of love. So let's think about that. I didn't put this verse up there. I wish I did. You can look at it later. Romans 14, 17. Dana, will you do me a favor? There's a Kleenex box underneath that chair on the end. You can either bring it or throw it. <laughs> Denise isn't here today, so thank you so much for playing that role of the person who is my assistant today. We turn the mic off for a moment. You already did. You're really good. <laughs> this is not the first rodeo, is it? Can you turn the camera off, Spencer? these days. All right, I think we're back on. Thank you so much. That is one good tech team. My gosh. There you go. So let's look at the kingdom of heaven. And let's think about, is there separation from God in heaven? Not at all. So why not, if we're living by the rules of heaven, why not wake up to the fact that you are connected to God right now? That's what salvation is. It's waking up to the connection that we have with God. Is there violence in heaven? Of course not. So why don't we today begin to make peace? Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Is there poverty in heaven? No, there's only provision. So why don't we model provision? By giving of our resources to those who are in need, making a heaven for people. Is there hatred in heaven? Oh my gosh, no. There's only unity. There's only fullness of love. So why don't we start now by loving? And Jesus just takes this a step that it's not easy for me to go. Maybe easy for you, but it's not for me to love your enemies. Wow. So Jesus says heaven has already started. So we can start living as citizens of heaven right now. Not someday, but today. I think that's what Paul means when he writes this to his letter to the Colossians. So, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds, I like this, set your minds on things that are above, not things that are on the earth. I hear Paul challenging me to allow my mind to be shaped by the values of heaven of that kingdom, not by the values of the earth. You know, the church has been really good about talking about uh, life after death. The church has not been very well about talking about life before death. 
it's very similar to those who work to protect life before birth. They don't do much to protect life after birth. Life after death? Yeah, it's good to talk about that. But what do we do about life before death? So what I'm doing today is challenging the Christianity. That is just a ticket to heaven, but a license to ignore the hell that people are going through on earth. A couple of weeks ago, we passed one million COVID deaths in the United States. And to many, it's just kind of a blip on the screen. And it reminds me of what Stalin said, one death is a tragedy, a million deaths is a statistic. With all the gun violence, with all the hate, the COVID deaths, whatever, fill in the blank. It's easy for us to become numb to the hell that people are experiencing here on earth. And when we're numb to the hell that people are experiencing, we're demotivated to bring heaven to earth. So, instead of being about the kingdom of God coming to earth or the kingdom of heaven coming to earth, the Christian religion, I'm afraid, has too often focused, become preoccupied with escaping earth and just going to heaven. Last week, a couple weeks ago now, a passenger on a private plane radioed the control tower and said, I've got a serious situation here. My pilot has gone incoherent, and I have no idea how to fly the airplane. Well, Robert Morgan was the very experienced, very calm very much in control, air traffic controller, and he was a flight instructor. He responded to the call and he asked this passenger for the plane's position. And the passenger said, I have no idea. It's in the sky. <laughs> and so this air traffic con controller calmly talked the passenger through the steps of landing that plane. And after the plane was landed, and there is the passenger and the air traffic controller, Robert Morgan told the other pilots who were waiting to land, you just witnessed a passenger land a plane. And an AA pilot said, oh my God, great job. That incident illustrates what I'm trying to do today. Sometimes we find ourselves in a tense situation where a passenger on a plane without a pilot. We're in a situation where I just can't find within me the power to love. I'm sorry, I just can't love that person. I can't find within me the power to be at peace. I'm too stressed out. I'm too worried. I'm too anxious. I just don't have within me the power to be at peace. And we know that it is within us, but we just 
at a point where we can't access it. What do we do we're, when we're in that plane and we're feeling like we're going to crash without anyone to guide us? The passenger's body was in the body of that plane, but his mind was connected to another person. And that other person was able to feed the passenger the thoughts, the instructions needed to do what the passenger felt he was unable to do. My body's on this planet. My body's in Springfield. And there are a lot of times that I just cannot access peace and love and patience and kindness and goodness. And so what this passage and what this teaching encourages me to do, and there are so many times I just don't do it, is to get in touch with a voice, a person in the kingdom of heaven. To live by those values of love and peace and goodness. The fruit of the Spirit that Paul writes about in Galatians. Our bodies are here. But our mind is in the kingdom of heaven. Our minds are taking the cues from heaven. We're on this earth. We're citizens of the United States. But more than that, we're citizens, Paul says, of the kingdom of heaven. And may that be our guide.